where that camera is. I got so much muscle memory from being in that booth. I'm like, ah, it's right there. There you guys are. You got tons of room now. We do have tons of room, and, yeah. and uh, we so we're entering what the truck version 3.0. Is it 3.0? It is. The it original, is 3.0. The yeah. original iteration was JP and Chad Prevost. That's correct. Version two, myself and Chad Prevost. That's right. That's right. Unfortunately, now, Chad Prevost on Monday he gave his two week notice. He did. He did. That he did. <laughs> he, he did. But and we, he, I did give him the opportunity to come on the show and, and say goodbye and everything. But he just he with declined. the virus and everything, yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. just wanted to. Uh, yeah. yeah, there. He did say to all the listeners and everything, thank you for following him for the past two years. And of course, we wish him best of luck in his future endeavors. However, we absolutely do. It's a pleasure working with him for uh, close to three years. Yeah, He's but that guy. name that name Pretty can't be guy. on the sign anymore. No, it can't. All right, so do me the honors. All right, I will sign do it up for us. I will do it. Joining us today is Michael Vincent. He is my special guest co-host for today's episode. Very excited about that. You may notice that we're outside of the booth. One of the reasons is this same thing, this coronavirus scare. Our audio booth is pretty small. A lot of the air is circulating around, so we thought we would give going outside a shot. That looks good, too. Looking at it on there, today we're going to be talking to Mr. Supply Chain. He was just on Fox News talking to... Talking to... Uh, what is he talking to, Hannity on there? Who is he talking to on, on Fox News? Mr. Supply Chain? Mr. Supply Chain. He was talking about the bullwhip effect and all those things. Uh, was it Hannity? I don't know. I don't know enough of the people on that show to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't... Uh, <laughs> to catch their names. I'm not a watcher. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right, Michael the Vincent. The same. The same. Michael Vincent does a show called Freight Forecasting. He has been with Freightways for multiple years, but what is your background prior to coming here? Uh, uh, all over the board in logistics, all on the services providing, not from the shipper side. But So LTL, truckload, uh, air freight, warehousing, final mile distribution, ocean... Uh, you wouldn't, you name it. Wow. I've been, I've been, I've done it 33 years now. Changed America. I'm going to pull up the YouTube comments here, but yeah. I feel like each episode has been like, this is, we've mentioned, it's been like the creeping death. Each episode we do these Mondays and Fridays. It's just further. The ball has just been moved closer and closer towards the goal. But I feel like this week they just rifled off like a 45 yard pass between Monday and Friday. Things have just changed so much with the NBA, NHL, MLB, all canceling, all conferences, Matt's canceling. Yeah, all the all the cancellations and and you know, uh, my opinion, probably should have started doing a little bit earlier. I think it's one of those uh, things that as people start to get more sick and we see the the pervasive yeah, spread of yeah, the disease. Yeah, I think we've been a little bit cavalier and kind of not us type of thing. But uh, I. I I hate to see the disruption. I want to go to these shows. Yeah. I went to Modex earlier this week. Probably wasn't the best move in the world, but I'm fine. But uh, you got to take care of Here I am sitting right next to you. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not in the mood. You're a brave man. Either one of us us could get there. So, right. So, okay. Luis SFO Martinez, he says, good morning from JRT Freight LLC in San Francisco, California. Hey, Luis. Thanks. Hang tight. You guys, if you want to comment in LinkedIn, I got you up right there. Awesome. This show is brought to us by our great sponsors over at Lean Staffing. This episode is brought to you by Lean Staffing Solutions, the pioneers of transportation and logistics nearshoring. Struggling to hire, retain, and train entry-level employees? Lean Staffing can save you time and money with the ability to scale your business at a fraction of the cost. To learn more, visit LeanStaffing.com. Let's get to the headlines. So there was, I was checking, this is one of those ones I was checking every single day was the updates of COVID and conferences, COVID-19 and what was going right. to go on. Right. Matt's was standing strong. They were citing the CDC yep. saying, you know, we're still going to go forward. We are proud to have 72,000 or 100,000 strong. Yep. Well, hand out some hand wipes. We'll be good. NBA cancels. Suddenly, Suddenly, everybody starts pulling the, uh, the plug. Yeah, right. NCAA was going to run the March Madness without fans. Now they're... Nothing. I'm right? glad they didn't. That would have been really creepy and apocalyptic. Not very, fans. very strange. Very strange. It would have been odd to watch those. It's kind of like the NFL with no announcers. I think at the moment, <laughs> it's not even about if, uh, although I would like that. Like in Madden, you could just hear the crowd and the, but there would be no crowd. It was a little bit weird. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's what would be really, um, here's what went on with Matt. So the Mid-America Trucking Show joins a growing list of industry conferences, sporting events, and music festivals that have been canceled in the past few days. We've all heard about it, the coronavirus threat. It just yeah. seems to scale up and scale out. Absolutely. So you've gone to grocery stores. If you saw the, the thumbnail cover of this, this episode, you would see that shelves everywhere are barren. Here in Chattanooga to Boston, where I've gotten pictures from family, to Florida, where I've gotten my mom. She yeah. texted me yesterday, can you send me some Lysol wipes? And I said, hey, man, we're in the same, mom, we're in the same boat you are. Yeah, yeah, there's none here either. We don't have an overstock, that's for sure. 
Well, or, or toilet paper. Yeah. I think the question is now not when things are going to cancel, but when they're going to resume. We just have to assume things are pretty much going to cancel moving forward. Right. Right. Yeah, and, and that's exactly right. When they're going to cancel moving forward. So Matt's, right? 26th, 28th. Yes. Is not going to happen. Right? And, and it was 72,000 attendees were going to be there? Over, over 72,000. Last 000. year there was over 72,000. There was 1,000 exhibitors, I guess, right? And this year was uh, 49th year it was going to be this year? Yes. But now uh, there's 128,000 cases of... Yeah, yeah. With coronavirus, 120,000 worldwide, 4,700 deaths, 1,300 in the United States, 38 deaths. Yeah. Now, so could be yeah. more. Could be more since this. I haven't checked in a few hours, but it definitely could have. The total could have gone up. It seems like it's just spreading exponentially. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely is. And and you know, hey, uh, again, I was at Modex last this this Monday. Yeah, it was. Now they say foot was foot traffic was a little bit light. Was it? Um, I it was the first time I've been to Modex. It was packed. Yeah. In my opinion. It was hard to navigate the aisles. Everybody was, was pretty aware of what was going on. There were those, you know, elbow handshaking, and then those that are saying, hey, just shake my hands. There's no hey, way. a few people uh, checked in. Patrick Wardrip, he said hello from Highway Transport, Knoxville, Tennessee. Hello, Julio Patrick. Cesar Lopez. He says hello from Cuninagel, Mexico. Nice. Wow. How nice. can this affect south of the border for next quarter, quarter two? Uh, we'll get into that maybe later. Gary Bangley says, hi from Challenger Motor Freight in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And Connor Roberts says, hello from WFX, Oklahoma City. I imagine everybody across the country is kind of experiencing the same things we are going to be talking yeah. about. Yeah. This episode, hey, Matt said in a statement that they have a proud tradition as the largest and most well-attended show in heavy-duty trucking. I know a lot of people were still planning on going. Very disappointed it's being canceled, but right. it seems like it's... It, Good to be precautious right now. They said they'll be stronger than ever in 2021 and will focus on unforgettable 50th anniversary event, March 25th and 27th, back in Louisville. Yeah, and I think they're right. I think stronger and better is, is kind of what's going to happen. Yeah. Once we get on the backside of this and everything starts to get back to normal, it's going to be, yeah, we're in stronger and better. It's my attitude anyway. So that, that's good news to see. So anyways, cargo leasing services. Are we moving on now? Yeah? Yes. Cargo, uh, cargo leasing services, also known as CLS Express, is citing that the loss of certain customers' uh, contracts as the reason it will permanently close its San Antonio operation and lay off 60 employees. Uh, they didn't specify what contracts uh, led to the closing. Uh, the company is an operating delivery services provider for Amazon since 2017, if that oh. means anything to you, according to media sources, reports. Well, we've been hearing more and more that a lot of businesses yeah. started around delivering these final mile packages for Amazon, getting a lot of volume out of Amazon over right. the past couple of years. Right. But if Amazon now they're you know they're checking the scorecards, they're seeing how the performance times are, and if they pull your card for some of these companies, their entire business was built on delivering for Amazon. Well, yeah, and that's exactly right. CLS, or, uh, yeah, CLS was founded in 2017 and has been a service provider for Amazon since 2017. Uh, so I would say that's got to be a sub business moving <laughs> forward for most people, right? <laughs> I would think so. 30 trucks, 30 drivers. Uh, not sure how many were in San Antonio. Yeah. Tough, tough story that we hate having to report all yeah, these closures. It is not good. Um, last thing here before we get to our, our first phone call is uh, headline three is Chinese factories get back online. Air freight rates have taken off. We're seeing that on the ground. We're seeing it on the sea and as the air as massive reduction in the number of global passenger flights, which... If you didn't know this, they, have, they, they carry roughly 50% of all cargo air freight is on passenger flights. But travel is getting killed right now, right? Uh, travel is getting killed right now. And yeah, so in the, in the, the, the cargo, the belly cargo, as they call it, yeah. on the passenger, uh, it, it, that, doesn't pay the, that doesn't pay the way. No, it doesn't. So they're not going to keep carrying that stuff without passengers. Well, and because that's taking capacity out of the market, freight rates yeah. are up 27% between June 24th and March 9th. It's up to 349 per kilogram, according to the latest numbers from the TAC index. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, it, the interesting thing about this is, you know, you start off with the Chinese factories back online. So yesterday, Anthony Smith and I on freight forecasting four o'clock Thursdays uh, on Freightways TV. Anyway, so we were going through there and we saw the bump in imports China to the U.S. Yeah. So there is a bump. There isn't a trend yet, but there's further evidence that they're, they're coming back online, which would, would be very good. It will be good. It might buffer some of this. So we're right. seeing all this warehouse traffic, fuel trucking. We'll get into that with, with Cox and with Zach Strickland when they come on. So we're seeing a lot of that push. Right. And now we're just seeing if all these ends will meet. So if this yeah. the, the air cargo demand picks up, the ocean demand picks up, and then the 
imports pick up and some of the things we're afraid of won't come to fruition. Yeah, exactly. Freight Investors uh, Services said uh, uh, on Monday, cargo pricing in China to U.S. routes has reached abnormal highs, which is absolutely true. Everybody's uh, experiencing that, obviously. And intra-Asia traffic is up 22% over the previous week, which is interesting to me. Is that cargo moving towards, towards ports? I don't know. Moving? Is that China coming back online? I don't. I, <laughs> intra-traffic up seems like it would be a good thing to me. I don't know. Uh, China, U.S. cargo rates have risen 27% over the past few weeks to $3.50 a kilogram. Let's talk. Let's talk to Daniel Stanton. We'll reach out to Mr. Right Supply Chain. See what he uh, what he's seeing on the beat. He was on Fox News talking about the bullwhip effect. What's been going on with panic buying and what all this missing toilet paper and I mean it was just toilet paper, but now it's a ton of goods. My wife was just yeah. doing some panic buying today for us, and she was sending me pictures from the store shelves. Hey, Daniel, Mr. Supply Chain. Donor, where's the cowbell? <laughs> it's, uh, it's right here, man. A little cowbell for you. you hear that ringing through the hallway? Good thing our building is half empty because like most offices, a lot of people working from home here at Freight Waves. Oh, yeah. Just like a lot of other places. So we can be a little bit louder and appreciating that. Uh, if you're watching this, you might notice we're not in the audio booth where you usually see us. People always post comments when they see a picture of me out of there. They're like, who let you out of your yeah. cell? <laughs> I had a breakout, man. Coronavirus got me out of there. Hey, you were on Fox News, so who were you talking to yesterday? I thought the conversation was interesting, so fill in my audience on that whole bullwhip effect, this panic buying, what it's doing. Absolutely. So Tucker Carlson, who's got, I think, the 8 o'clock spot Eastern time on Fox News, was, you know, talking about um, the issues, you know, nobody can can get uh, toilet paper or disinfectant wipes. And, you know, actually, I've lived through that, too. Amazingly, you know, I went to my, my local warehouse store a week ago on just, you know, the regular Stanton family shopping trip. And uh, no toilet paper, right, which which has never before happened in my life. And, um, and, and I was thinking to myself, like, um, what's going on is there something in the water that that people are you know needing a lot more toilet paper but you know it's just it's a panic buy it's a, a classic case of what those of us in the supply chain call the bullwhip effect. um so you know it, it's not that we're making any less toilet paper it's not that people are using any more toilet paper there there is this irrational spike in demand because people want to do something and i, I don't know somehow we associate toilet paper with, you know, emergency preparedness. Even no, Daniel, even the bathroom uh, supply chain, the, ba- the, the supply chain of goods, right? like the soap, right? Like yeah, how no soap. people didn't wash their hands and with, with soap apparently in mass until this came out because suddenly every bathroom you go into, they're starting to run out of soap or, or hand towels or something. So I don't know. People may not admit to it, but I think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people were just going to the bathroom, just walking right out. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are, yeah, have suddenly decided to Washed our hands. I've suddenly decided to. So like, <laughs> we should we should not have been shaking hands with anyone two weeks ago. It's what we learned from that. <laughs> do you? So do you think fist bumps should really? Uh, t- I, I'm I'm team fist bump. I think those should replace the handshake anyway. They're much cooler anyway. They're much cooler. Uh, you don't get the awkwardness of handshakes where some people want to make a power move out of it. Yeah, and sometimes agreed. people have like a really cold, limp hand. They don't like they. Some people just don't know how to shake properly. Agreed. I, I'm yeah. doing I'm doing fist bumps. I'm doing elbow bumps. Uh, last night I got a namaste, which actually I'm kind of into. I could I could do this namaste. Thing, oh, like a nice right? little bow, right? That's not bad. Yeah. And, and you can do it. You know, you can maintain your one meter safe distance and still, you know, have have a meaningful greeting. I like it. <laughs> I like it, Daniel. What do you have planned? What What's planned for next? Were you going to any of these conferences that have been canceled? Has this changed any of your speaking tours? I know you evangelize your oh, supply chain for dummies yeah. series all the time. Yeah, so you know, I, 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 uh, I, I'm, I'll say I'm a little bit on the fence with that, right? Because I am such a fan of conferences. I really, I think there's so much power in, you know, bringing the community together, having a chance to see people and get to know and hang out in the hallway. I, I mean, for for me, that's an those are important gatherings. That's valuable time. Um, but the reality of the situation we're in is that we need to reduce human to human contact. And, um, that, you know, supply chain folks, like we cover the globe, right? I mean, in, in any crowd of 20 supply chain folks, 
five of them have been to China in the last month. That's just normal, right? And and so I think my my prediction is, is you know for the next several months we just need to stop getting together. But but I think really it, it's kind of a forcing function that's going to make us be more creative and think about what are we trying to get done. Why is it valuable for us to spend time communicating? And how how can we use these digital tools, right? Like you know podcasts, like webinars, like oh, yeah. emails and phone calls. To, to get the same thing done and, and just do it better than we normally do. No, I, I imagine, Mike, you probably have to. You're in sales, especially. When I was in sales, there's a lot of just useless conferences you'd have to go to. Your company would, and I'm not saying Freightway sends you to useless conferences, but you, you can get yeah. sent to them at times. You can get to, sent to ones like Boston Seafood Show I've been sent to, where it's really hard <laughs> to do business at that place because all of the vendors are just trying to sell seafood to people. They're not trying to move freight, but you got to go there for, I don't know, 72 hours because your company sends you. I really like the idea of what this can do to the virtual conference space, because I think a lot of events probably could go online. And I think a lot of people, especially speakers, would appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, conferences have changed over the years. My 30 plus, 33 plus years going to conferences in, in logistics, et cetera, they've definitely improved, right? So it used to be a lot of them were just really not that great at the interaction and so on. But they've, they've really improved their, their layout and what have you, especially FreightWaves Lives, right? Oh, yeah. So th- those are excellent. People love them because there's f- almost forced interaction with the way it's laid out, right? Yeah. There's in this exhibit hall that's removed from everything else. But yeah, it's a good thing that we have all these digital tools and they're absolutely very, very useful in sales, which I'm in. The video conference calls, et cetera, uh, are almost, almost as good as in person. There, there are those and you can get fairly significantly valuable contracts done without ever physically meeting someone face to face because of these tools, right? Yeah. Which you never do that over the just voice phone. But you feel like you've yeah. known somebody just because you've had this video conference call and it, it's excellent. So Daniel, before we let you go, what is uh, what do you think? What do you make of all this? Where do you where do you see us in a couple of weeks? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I think the the crises that we're seeing now, right? If you think about supply chains and supply chain disruptions, you can have disruptions on either end. You can have them on the supply side. You can have them on the demand side. Right now, I think we're seeing disruptions on the supply side. People are um, buying more stuff that they don't really consume more of. I, I'll call those phantom orders. I think that's the toilet paper. Um, we are going to be needing more of some things than what we normally consume. Unfortunately, it looks like hand soap is one of those. Um, but, you know, hospital masks and gowns and things, we, we actually fit, need to figure out how to increase capacity, maybe create some new supply chains for that. But then the third category is, you know, there are some things for which demand is dried up very suddenly. Um, you know, when you start closing, can- canceling an NBA season, right, and closing down Broadway, all of a sudden, you know, we've got um, uh, supply chains that are just going to grind to a halt there um, because the, the demand has disappeared. So I, I think we need to be looking at shocks in terms of those three buckets today. But then, you know, the, the reality is we've had a, a lot of manufacturing shut down in China for a month or two now because it's not just coronavirus. We also have the Chinese New Year. And I think we're going to start to see that in facilities in other parts of the world. What that'll do is that'll create supply shocks, right? Where suppliers or subcomponent suppliers aren't going to be able to, to, to fulfill orders. Um, and I, I think, you know, that we've got um, inventory in the pipeline. So it might take weeks or even months before we start running into those shortages. But I think that's the next step. And so... Um, you know, engineered, manufactured products, I think is going to be an issue. Another one, and, and Dooner, you know, this is one that, that, that I spend a lot of time looking at. When, you, when you've when you got um, an environment where you can't get all the things you want when you want them as easily as you want, you become more vulnerable to fakes and counterfeits. And, and so I, I think people, uh, supply chain professionals especially, need to be paying really close attention. You know, if you're getting something from a channel that isn't your normal channel, what are you doing to make sure that you're getting the right stuff, legitimate stuff that meets your quality standards? Because if you relax those standards to try and meet a quota and end up kind of polluting your supply chain with fakes or counterfeits or quality stuff, now you've got a whole new set of problems that you need to deal with. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Supply Chain, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. We appreciate the the takes that you've given us. Check out his Supply Chain for Dummies series. 
Super interesting stuff. We got some comments yeah. while he was speaking as well. Jake Semba, he says, hello from Barcelona, Spain. I may be quarantined, but I still have access to freight waves. All is good. Yeah, there you go. And also we have Andrew Cox joining us from Great Quarter, guys. He's going to yeah. talk about the freight waves pricing power index. Yeah, you can just grab that right off the stand, sir. How Thank you for fellas? joining us. It's, it's going good. We have a couple comments, too. It was uh, Don Mo. She said she works for a freight forwarder. They haven't seen a shipment for China in six weeks. None of this comes as a shock. And then Victoria D. Hopefully I don't kill this. Eoro Crescent. She says, I was at Modex 2 this week. So if you got the virus, she's got the virus, too. Yeah, well, I, I think I'm good. I'm, I've had no, uh, you know, it, it was interesting because, I mean, everybody was staying their distance. There were, there were not even fist bumps. Elbow, elbow bumps yeah. was the order of the day. And, man, the disinfectant was flying everywhere. <laughs> the so, live feed is amused by my, my yeah. reaction to someone coming to that door, too. <laughs> we're, sorry, we're in this open hallway right now, and we've yeah. never done it in this, this space. So people aren't familiar. We're usually in an audio booth that's right next to us. So... When were, guess, were you afraid to lock yourself in that germ box? We got to, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I was in it yesterday optics. with somebody that had just gotten off a plane. Probably not the smartest oh. thing, but... Yeah, yeah I, I think this makes everyone feel more comfortable. Yeah, I, I like it. It's nice. Yeah. So, pricing power index has had its biggest jump in its history. Did it yes. go up or down? Up. Uh, so, it went up 15 points. Uh, it was at 25 last week, which was, you know, predominant shipper uh, power. We've jumped up to 40 this week because we've just seen this panic buying on the U.S. consumer side, which is bringing, you know, it's putting the shippers at the hands of the carriers. They're having to get these goods back to, to restock these shelves. And really, a lot of carriers are kind of, uh, they're in a good shape right now if, the, if these drivers can stay uh, can stay on the road, which which is another thing we've seen. We've seen our Abantenda rejection index jump uh, above eight, which it hasn't, hasn't stayed there much historically. Uh, and there's two things happening. There's one, that, that a lot of the carriers are rejecting their contracted loads because, of course, they are want to test the spot market and get higher rates. Mm. Uh, and then, two, there are drivers that are actually staying, staying off the road. <laughs> That's a new development. Contract rates, right? We had an ironclad contract. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, when there's well, blood on the streets. But the volumes are our highest we've ever measured. Correct. Yeah, they're right? three they're percent up over the uh, 2018 peak, right. uh, the summer peak. Which, which is was crazy. One of the, yeah, which is one of the strongest uh, freight markets we've had in Right. Years. And so, rejections are, are going up, but they're not at that level, right? Because the we had influx of capacity, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, Capacity over, overall is still pretty tight. Uh, we've just have some drivers leaving the market because they don't want to get sick, and then we've had a lot of people, a lot of drivers, just out, outright rejecting their contracted yeah. freight. Yeah. Yeah, we've heard too. A lot of drivers have not gotten feedback from their own carriers or from shipper docs on on how to proceed in in this. Uh, we had a comment on our website just yesterday. Someone said on Freightwaves Radio, "Can you guys talk to the CEOs of the pilots and the rest stops of the country and see what they're doing to sanitize those places?" Well, guess what. There's not even a Freightwaves radio tomorrow. We have to do a repeat because Sirius XM in New York, they can't get an operator in there because things are closed down. Wow. Ah. So this, I mean, this... That's it, interesting. This we, is affecting someone in America at every single job they work at in a number of different ways. And we've never really been through anything like this before. But this spike we're seeing right now in rates because we're moving hand sanitizer, we're moving all these, these non-essential goods, but things that don't expire. So when, if stores stay open, people are eventually not going to need to buy... Toilet paper, right? Correct. Yeah, we've had a, a, essentially a pull a pull forward effect. So right. we've had, I think, almost likely the 2020 peak season already for the summer being pulled forward uh, a couple months because of this panic buying. People are buying goods, you know, for three weeks and a month out to where, you know, in two weeks from now they're not going to need to buy these goods again. You're right; they don't expire, uh, so they're they're buying forward now. They're not going to be buying as much uh, here in a couple weeks. That's why we think in our three month outlook that there's going to be kind of a violent snapback towards the shippers here when all this capacity, when drivers get back on the market, uh, when consumer confidence has been beaten down, which it's already starting to slide. We saw that number today. You're going to have uh, U.S. consumers not buying as much as they would typically in the summer uh, after this thing kind of gets under wraps. So the summer, uh, the typical spring increase should be somewhat less. Yeah, I, I do think after, you know, and it, this is all going to depend on how quickly we're able to quarantine this and try to get, you know, that flatten the curve. Of, yeah, how of quickly we cases. get to the backside. Right, uh, which we don't know right now. You know, if you if you track us against Italy, we're almost exactly on par for the day that we had our first infection to, to now. So we're, we're quickly, we will quickly it's escalating. have, yeah, it, it will have, I mean, you have a multiplier effect. There's going to be hundreds of thousands of cases within the next couple of weeks. What happens, and I'll ask Zach this too, but what happens when, so we saw like the NBA close and it's the big players who define everything. And if a big conference uh, cancels and other people feel like they have to. So what happens if Walmart closes, for example? 
Yeah, see, I don't think Walmart will ever close. Uh, I think if, if it comes to the point where the government is mandating things to be closed, the only things that will be open are food stores and pharmacies. Uh, that's how it is in Italy right now. So I don't think Walmart would ever close. Okay. Uh, so I, I, at least I hope not. That, that seems like a dystopian future a couple weeks away. Uh, but if Walmart were to close, I think you see like this is no panic compared to if Walmart were to be forced closed. I mean, that is like, wow. that's like fighting in the streets type of panic in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. That I or agree. electricity. We're talking about electricity earlier. People get Yeah. Nice. I was thinking the other day that uh, like, this is the worst time for a natural disaster to happen and like wipe out power in a big city or something. I mean, could you imagine the, the anarchy that would ensue? It'd be mad. It'd be crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. All and right, uh, we appreciate having you. You want to go check out a show? Great quarter guys. He was talking to some, uh, Attorney had a lot of documents with him when he came over and was talking to you. Uh, I imagine you guys went through some very uh, litigious stuff. If uh, Zach Strickland come over, we're going to do a little Strickland business now. Resultin. Yes. Yeah. Resultin. I love that song. It, look, this may be What the Truck 3.0. But it's still Strickland business around here. Right yeah, Strickland business. You know, the interesting thing is people don't know out in the audience is that you hear that music every time Zach enters any room. He said he wants that. If this I was really 2010, do. it would be his ringtone. I really do. I, I want it to be my alarm. Tammy, Tammy McCoy says, hello from ArcBest ABF headquarters in Arkansas. I think a lot of people are watching us because they're, they're quarantined. They're stuck in. A lot of Americans are very unified, I think, by by tragedy and by events. Uh, we kind of lost that in the digital age where everyone's watching their own Netflix shows and everyone's watching their own programming and everyone's reading their own internet sites and, and everyone's getting split up into these bubbles. But now we're all kind of unified again with this sort of common... That's a, that's a psychological uh, effect. Like, that's common. Uh, common enemies, that's a unifying thing. You see it in yep. world wars and things like that. You, once you have a common threat, people are naturally going to clump together and uh, unify against it, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I agree. So what, what's going on from, from your purview? I know you did On the Spot this morning, talking right. about the spot rate market. We just touched, Andrew, a little bit. What's going on with the domestic spot rates there? DHL Supply Chain Pricing Power Index had its biggest jump ever. Yep. So what are we looking at? What's the future outlook? What, what are you seeing on your dashboard? So, uh, you, know, I, you know, me and Mike have actually discussed this quite a bit. Uh, you know, we're looking at customs, imports, and things like that. How fast is China recovering? How fast is that going to have an impact to the United States? Obviously, we're drawing down our inventory levels, which has been pulled forward because of trade war, Chinese New Year, et cetera. So yeah. inventory levels were very poised to react to this. Um, how fast does that, you know, draw down? Now, there's... There's going to be certain commodities that get drawn down faster than others. Obviously, the Purells and all toilet that kind of paper. stuff. Yeah, toilet paper for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I feel like if, like, worst came to worst. Well, there's no hurricane, so there's plenty of eggs. Just don't yeah. take a bath, right? I mean, I don't know. Do I think this increases bidet sales? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, actually, that, it will. It will, because people stop drinking Corona because of the coronavirus. So why wouldn't they... Yeah, but, something like well, bidet is a French word. They might the person who does that might also think the bidet is going to take their freedom. I, I, you know, it, it's fascinating. <laughs> we, we we think we're so complicated as as a species. Yeah. We think we're so unique, and yet you know we're looking at our tender volume index throughout the United States, and almost to the day, they all react at the exact same time. Totally disparate, totally geographically, like sitting out in somewhere else, and they all do the same thing on the same day. We all think that we're so individualized, and yep. and, and and we're all doing the same thing. So, I, I can't make fun of the person that's buying ten roll, you know, ten packs of toilet paper that's going to last them far into 2021. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when you're locked yeah. in a house with your entire family yeah. too, and that might be behind it because a lot yeah. of your toilet paper consumption may have at the office. I used to be friends with this guy who said he would like, he would never go to the bathroom at work. And I'm right. like, why? You'd get paid to go to the bathroom on the clock. We knew a guy. And then he was that. like, then it dawns yeah. on him. And now Absolutely. he only went to the bathroom at work. Yeah. No, we knew a guy that was exactly like that. He would not go to the bathroom and the office period. Wow. He would literally yeah, right. drive home Take a 30-minute uh, break to go drive home. Patty Hinosa says, hola from J.B. Hunt Transport, Mexico, flatbed branch. Well, hey, Patty. Yeah. How are things in hey, Mexico? Yeah, How are we, volumes? Uh, do you have toilet paper there? Do you guys have all the essentials, the hand you know, sanitizer? Toilet, well, toilet paper comes from the United States. Like, our, our stuff is sourced here. Oh. Like we, we, it came from trees. It's, yeah, it does. <laughs> trees here. And obviously, those trees can come from other places. Lumber, we do import that. But... 
There's a lot of that. It's that, because we're turning all our trees into toilet paper. Right. <laughs> hey, this um, isn't an easy question, or a quick question, mm-hmm. and maybe we can touch on it next week. But just to tease it, contract pricing and negotiations during a pandemic, what does that do? So, uh, you know, as a former pricing guy myself, what I'm doing, like, you're, you're, a, you're a prisoner of the moment regardless. You have to invest some level of what's happening right now into your rates, you know, moving forward. So if people are going through bid seasons right now or bid packages, they're going to... In, Unnat- like naturally just impose some of this increase into their, pr- into their pricing because they have to, like there's no, you always have to take whatever the moment is and apply it a little bit more, you know, even though you know that uh, maybe it's not going to impact, but subconsciously you're going to apply that rate. So anybody that's going through contract pricing right now, expect a couple of basis point increase on your rates. Nice. Check out Freightonomics. Yeah. Zach's other, other work on there. We appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, man. Nice. Now we're going to call Scott Luton from Supply Chain Radio now. He's another fellow podcaster in this field. He was just at a conference doing a bunch of interviews. Uh, talk about Modex for a second while I pull this up. Yeah, right. So uh, I went out to Modex for two reasons. One, it's a great show. But uh, I mean, but secondarily and probably close to primary, I mean, I guess equally as important. I want to really see... Was there going to be people there and how people were reacting, right? Yeah. And it was, it, in my opinion, it was packed. It was hard. I was there. I got there 15 minutes after the show opened or after the floor opened. And the, the, it was hard to navigate through the aisles. I would guess, I, I don't know how many exhibitors canceled, but it wasn't very many. It was, it was, it was highly packed. And it was, the mood was both sides. Cool. Let's talk, let's talk to Scott about it. Let's bring him right up now for five good minutes. Hey, what's up, Scott? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for joining us on the show. I know that you you go out to a lot of events. You do a ton of your interviews there now for the... uh, How many podcasts are you up to now? (laughs) We just crested over 300 last weekend. Wow. 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 Amazing stuff. I know that you go out and you set up your station there. You do a ton of interviews at conferences. You break them up. You you make mashups. You do whatever you want with them. What was the tone at like at the last event you were at and what was it? Yeah. So, you know, we, we uh, come on the heels of Modex and, of course, our 2020 Atlanta Supply Chain Awards and you know, all the episodes and conversations. We heard a lot of feedback, a lot of data from all those business leaders and really you know, we shaped that up uh, as we sit here and compared notes. Four key observations or themes, and I think uh, clearly the first one, if you look at especially over the course of the last three or four months, I think many in industry that we spoke with, including many uh, surprisingly in supply chain, really you know downplayed the idea of a massive impact that the coronavirus would have on their businesses. And if any tune has changed in recent weeks, especially the last week, that has been a big change. I'm sure you all have seen the same, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a I think when you start seeing and I had talked to Craig Fuller about this a few weeks ago, we're like, you know what? If they cancel March Madness, that's going to bring a lot of panic to the streets because it's just it's such a signifying event to so many Americans. It's also a water cooler event that people just talk about at work and it not being there. And now that well, now there's a lot of people not even there at work themselves. So I guess your water cooler talks around the cat bowl. Huge void, huge void. But you know, um, unfortunately, from what we gather uh, from you know all, all these business leaders that are that are actively managing and leading global supply chains, the bullwhip effect that a lot of folks speak to, uh, the worst is yet to come for many industries. You know, the whip, simply put, has not cracked yet. Especially if you look at automotive, high tech pharmaceuticals, you know, those are some, some industries that I think we're going to continue to see uh, more and more challenges. But, you know, we're, we're expecting, the folks we talk to are expecting lots of sector spillover. So I got a question for, uh, for both of you. I got a question for you, Michael, and I got a question for you, Scott. We are supposed to be in supply chain. We are the blood of the nation, the blood of the globe. Uh, we keep the economy moving, all of those kind of things. Shouldn't we be at, like, why are we always so behind? Shouldn't we be at the forefront of these kind of things, even if the Center for Disease Control isn't or the government isn't? Like, we can't, this is a global thing, so we can't blame individual governments, especially when we're the leaders of supply chain. So what can we do to be better? Mm. Michael, you go ahead. That's, that's, a re- that's a really, really good question. <laughs> yeah. That's a really, really good question. Well, and, and it's, it's really utilizing the data and, and, and 
gaining that transparency with e- with each other and collaborating with each other through the transparency of what's going on, right? And so it, it's 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 really that collaboration that that of of knowledge of intelligence of of data between each other. And and being able to react to these things in a, in a, in a uniform, unified type of manner. Hmm. Mm. So I look at three things. I look at number one, we are getting a lot, so much better. You know, data is at our fingertips for retailers and, and those in the supply chain unlike ever before. And planning, the art and science behind planning has gotten, uh, you could arguably say we're at our peak, all-time best when it comes to planning. However, what you can't plan for, point number two, is toilet paper. Let's look at that for a second. So uh, at our awards program on Tuesday, we just happened to have, in great timing, Christian Fisher, president CEO of Georgia Pacific. Uh, so GP is one of the world's largest paper products companies headquartered right here in Atlanta. You know, maker, hey, maker of Angel Soft. Who doesn't like Angel Soft, right? But, you know, if, if, if we're talking about um, some of the challenges we have as supply chain, think about what's driving this, this panic-induced <laughs> toilet paper purchasing spree. You can't plan for it. And from various reports, the demand on toilet paper today may be at, uh, as much as two times that it typically is. And, and it's not related, you know, to, uh, um, you know, the March Mad. It's not related to an annual event or a certain season. It's completely out of the blue. And those are the things that even in 2020, supply chain just cannot plan for. One, and then one final point that I believe is, is really, uh, if coronavirus, had originated in in, uh, in Antarctica, right? You would not see nearly the global supply chain uh, uh, problems that, that continue to ripple out. I mean, China uh, is the global hub of, of global manufacturing. So many folks are dependent upon getting their their um, tier one or other tier you know products, components, parts, you name it, out of China. Undoubtedly, it's going to pose a huge uh, challenge for global supply chains and the planners and leaders that, that lead them. Hey, I, I have Daniel Stanton, Daniel Stanton, Mr. Supply Chain, was on earlier, and I asked him, because he does a lot of speaking, evangelizing his supply chain for dummies. Mm. He goes out to a lot of events, as do you. So do you think that this creates a great opportunity for the virtual conference space? Are you looking forward to that? What does this do to the, 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 the life of Scott Luton and, and supply chain now? Hey, uh, Dooner, you are, uh, you're dead on the money here. One of the things that we heard a lot about was exactly the question you're asking. You know, um, most folks know the trade show landscape has been evolving and in some cases struggling, you know, for a number of years. Some of the technology leaders that we spoke to said outright that the, corona, uh, the coronavirus is going to mark the end of the in-person events in the supply chain industry and will trigger massive investment in the online virtual event infrastructure and programming. I, yeah, as for me, I think the show will go on for many, pun certainly, certainly intended. You know, some events may very well cease to exist but beyond 2020. But, you know, that's, that's always the case for a variety of factors. You know, look, I'm a, I'm a big fan of automation and bots and drones and, and all of that, those initiatives that are taking place in our industry that are making uh, processes better, products better, and providing opportunities for all. But I think until two robots, can, can grab a beer after a trade show and hammer out a business deal in the back of the barn. <laughs> you know, many of these live shows will continue to live on. And in some cases, if, if well-programmed and, and if, if the leadership behind them are savvy enough, they're going to thrive. So, you know, kidding aside, the coronavirus situation will inarguably spur the already intense automation initiatives that we're seeing across industry. But, but smart trade shows, folks that really have their finger on the pulse, there's still, in my opinion, still plenty of, of, of lifeblood there. Scott, thanks for joining us. How do people reach out and learn more about you? Sure. Uh, easy enough. Supply Chain Radio. It's a, uh, gosh, you'd think I get my own URL for free. <laughs> it's like your own phone Supply number. You don't chain. call it. <laughs> <laughs> SupplyChainNowRadio.com. Love what you're doing and what you're leading. Put the coffee down. It's a wonderful new series. Oh, thank and you. I wish uh, you and the Freight Wave team all the best. You too. Stay stay safe, stay healthy, wash those hands, and uh, hopefully we all come out the end of this even better, right? This too shall pass. All right, my man. This Take it easy. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Scott. Man, Scott's, Scott's a great guy. Jacob Reed, Vice President of Business Development at ARL Logistics, he said, I had Chinese food and a Corona for dinner last night in honor of Matt's. Yeah, virus be damned, right? <laughs> Justin, He's a rebel. Justin uh, McAfee. 
He said from Energy Transport Group, he says, do you think at some point we will accept the coronavirus and open up production full swing so our country's economy doesn't completely crash? Like chicken pox or something. We were talking about this earlier. Like when we, we were we kids, were, yeah. you, and I'm, I'm 40 years old, but in the late, in the early 90s, if you were 10 years old, you hadn't had chicken pox yet. Your parents would make you go to some kid's house who had chicken pox. Yeah, we had chicken pox parties. Yeah, you'd yeah, hang absolutely. out, get infected. Yep. And we were absolutely. talking about, should we have like coronavirus parties so, so people get over their coronavirus anxiety? I, I, I don't know enough about it. I don't think it's come to that, right? I don't think it's come to that. We've never had a flu party. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> but is the coronavirus all one strain? The scary thing is, what if this splits into, like, you know the flu shot? It yeah. takes old dead strains, right? And right. it gives it that, so it, it doesn't work for That's everybody. That's why it's not as effective as it used to yeah. be, right? There's not like a real vaccine. And new strains. I mean, you, you'd get the flu, uh, the flu shot, the vaccine, to lessen your chances, yeah. but not eliminate. I, I mean, to his question, I think that if we, as science learns more, as testing kits become more available... Commerce is still going to go on, though. People are not... It's not like they're not working. I mean, I don't know if everybody... There are a lot of people at home right now who are probably not working their hardest, and they're taking advantage of it. But look, everyone's got numbers. Everyone's got KPIs. Everybody's got things that that they're responsible for. And if you're not picking up the rope... Yeah, and you can measure their productivity when they're at home, in most instances. Yeah. Right? And you you know what's going on. And look, guys out there, now is not a time to slack off either, because companies know what they're going to do. They're going to look at all of the overspend they do to make up for this lost money. And they're going to decide what is and what isn't essential. So my advice is work twice as hard and make yourself even more essential during this period off. See who, see who you can help out within the organization even more. If you want to get ahead, if you want to advance, do the yeah, hard work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Agreed. Yeah, I'm with that. Okay, next segment. the bad news and good news. All right. That's my kid right there. Nice. So here is some, let's start with some good news before right. we get back to the coronavirus. I like good news. Elon Musk is scouting Nashville. It's the home Ooh. for a new gigafactory where they're going to make cyber trucks. And this is, uh, this is good news because Nashville was just hit with those, that, those tornadoes. Yeah. Like, talk about, I mean, the coronavirus, I know it's killed X amount of people, but this is something that an act of God comes overnight and kills, what, 22, 28 people? Yeah. In, in the middle of the night, I mean, yeah, scary. Absolutely place. scary. And it gets even scarier. Like, I'm from the Northeast. I haven't seen a lot of tornadoes in my life. And then I was just in Nashville at the Air Cargo Show. And wow, those things, I guess those things can just fall anywhere. Yeah, they, yeah. I'm from the Northeast myself. And it, yeah, it, it is absolutely scary. These things they pop up. And I, I didn't think there was any warning there, right? No. I mean, no it, it like happened late at night, too, yeah. at like two in the morning. So nobody could do anything. Right. And I saw the video. It was the guy in the crane. Yeah. Two-minute warning, but he's got 15 minutes before he can climb down, so he had to ride it out up in the crane. And one half of the street looks like it was hit with a nuclear bomb, and the other half can look fine. It's crazy yeah. stuff. Well, here's the bad news about it, though. Elon Musk said he's just scouting for the new uh, that will be in the central USA. It's rumors that'll be in Tennessee. So we hope that Nashville gets that, though. I'm rooting for it. It'll make it a lot easier for me to pick up my Cybertruck, which I have reserved, and hopefully I can get oh, it you next did. year. You did. Absolutely. Put that 100 right? bucks down. Did I yeah. see that there's a matchbox now? Is that right? Is there? I think I saw it. I, oh, yeah. I absolutely did this morning. There's so a matchbox now of it. My boys are three and five, yeah. and they are so excited for Cybertruck to come, and they think I'm like, well, the you cool- got to get online and get them a matchbox. I would say, I wouldn't They'll the, have theirs before you. If I was still dating, I wouldn't get the Cybertruck, because I think like for a 20-year-old, it's kind of like, you know, maybe you not the best thing. You don't think it's going to be good for cruising the strip? But I think for like Terminator Dad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mad Max. Oh, Dad. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look good with your sandals and black socks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It'll, It'll pair well. I can right? put my uh, electric scooter in the back. Good. So I've got some bad news. Trucking stocks have been doing miserably over the past few weeks, if you haven't noticed. Every stock. Is. Right. <laughs> it's all, and that's the, good, that's the good news for the trucking industry. It's yeah. not because the trucking industry is doing terrible. Everything is being pulled on. I don't know if that's okay. good news or just kind of level-setting news, right? So. Yeah, I think. Well, <laughs> I know in this industry, which is, I don't know if it's just unique to supply chain or where we are, but people who are in this tend to fall in the bubble of having to consume a lot of supply chain media, a lot of supply chain news and stuff. Right. So I think it's good that you pointed that out because people could be looking at trucking stocks and they could say, oh my God, it's the end of the world for yeah. us. And it's like, yeah, ah, we're all in the same boat. Everybody's in the same boat. I mean, and I guess that's good news for the people concerned with trucking stocks. But I mean, my Robin Hood. 
my Robin Hood, I just keep constantly getting notifications. Like this is the lowest the stock has been in, in the year. Yeah, Everything yeah, is. Yeah. 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 You, you'll start to get uh, desensitized to that and just say, well, I'll check it every Friday. Instead well, every day. <laughs> well, the other good news too, is that <laughs> stocks rallied today. I'm not sure where they're sitting right now. I don't know if you want to look that Did up. Did they on, rally on today? I didn't, yeah. They're up 5.3%. Really? They were at wow. this morning. Wow. Wow. 4.9% wow. is up over a uh, thousand points. Man. Pull up Dow Jones real quick. Let's right. see if we're doing better. Wow. So is it? That'd be the most dated good news, bad news ever. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing that. So here's some bad news. Yeah. We've talked about people were getting quarantined, self-quarantined, having to get off. So the bad news is that Uber and Lyft drivers, they still don't have, and this is a controversial one, they still don't have employee classification. So gig economy workers like them are not only most at risk for exposure to these diseases, but they're most at risk for income loss. This just looking at right now? up 896. All right, I'll take it. That's better than worst ever since 1986. I'll take 896. Absolutely. All right, so that's the bad news, Uber and Lyft drivers. The good news is that a labor attorney in California has been denied emergency injunctions before, and this could affect AB5 and all those things, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. But the, the good news for the gig workers, so this one's like, just take the bias out of it, the good news for gig workers who may be exposed is that this attorney now has a cause to bring this back to court, the coronavirus being an emergency injunction, because if these workers are quarantined, they're not allowed to pick people up, they're going to lose a lot of money. That is exactly right. Yeah. Right? Good news. We still haven't cool. figured that out really either. How to classify the gig workers and how to separate that from the truck drivers and not, not just merge those two economies because they're completely different. Well, at the same time, affording some people whose livelihoods depend on things. Yeah, absolutely. Some protection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some protection. More good news. Diesel prices are low, if you hadn't noticed. And dropping. Right? Yeah. So. Gotta love that, right? What's wrong with cheap gasoline? Yeah, so owner-operators are enjoying it, right? Lower cost at the pump. Doing great. Uh, bad news. The price of oil and gas is, and diesel is, is dropping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not, so what? Not, 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 not so good for the people in that industry, obviously, yeah. right? But also those large carriers that have, and you've, you've got these, these fuel surcharges, it's a source of revenue at times. Wow. So it, we've talked that's, about this before. That's between wholesale and, and uh, retail. Can you tell us what the difference between, between rack and, and retail people? We've done it on a show where Craig Fuller came on, but we've only really talked about it once. Yeah. So, I mean, without going into in, in big in detail, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, Mr. Oil or Mr. Diesel, but rack is, is essentially, it's the wholesale price. Yeah. Right. And so the large carriers can negotiate and have wholesale pricing plus or minus a couple percents or half a percent, couple bips, whatever it happens to be, right? To, to, but then fuel surcharge tables that they have with their customers in order to offset the, the spikes up and down are based on retail price. And so that spread is, is the difference between those two is important to those carriers, right? And so when diesel drops down, it's not necessarily a good thing for the large carriers. Yeah. It is for those owner operators. Brandon, he wants to know if this is the beginning of the next recession. I mean, we're not economists. Can't really say that. I, I think for trucking, we, we touch on that a lot. If for trucking, <laughs> the good news is that uh, the rates are up, right? Yeah, rates are up if you're in trucking, so you're, you're enjoying that. Uh, but, uh, and hopefully it, this clears it, up by the time goods get here from the port. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what Anthony and I were talking about yesterday was Anthony Smith, our lead economist, we're talking about yesterday is, is when do the goods start coming back in before we hit critical levels is, is an important thing to watch for and see what that type of reaction is. The other thin point that he put out is, is this the beginning of a new recession? Well, we'll find out in three months when we assess this economy. Well, we hope not. We hope not. Bad news. Twitter and Facebook Russian political trolls are back in full force. They're posting their race baiting, their inflammatory comments, polarizing comments in the, in the bubbles of Facebook, social online media. It's such a uh, nefarious and, and crazy thing because if, if I look at Facebook, like once, and I don't want to say generational, but once it seems like, I think it was, I can trace this back to when newspapers made people have to use a Facebook to sign in to comment. Yeah. That brought a lot of older Americans online who didn't care about hiding their identity when they were like trolling people. So I never know like what is some inflammatory political opinion or what is just someone who's super polarized. It's hard to tell these days because most people are kind of like normal in the middle politically. Not saying that's normal or abnormal, but like they're kind of, they're not crazy about it. They're not, they're not militant. But then there's always that relative at Thanksgiving who is. So how, how many are real trolls and how many are real people? Yeah, it's really hard to tell because even when you meet somebody who is, is, who is dead set polarized on one side or the other, once you get into an argument and so on, for, you, you, they tend to mild. Yeah, they tend to, <laughs> to get not so not so polarized. Well, there is good news that according to CNN Thursday, Facebook said that its subsequent assessment of all of these trolls has netted them 
and they used a team of journalists at, at CNN and edited this, and I don't know if it was worth it, but <laughs> they removed only 49 Facebook accounts, 69 pages, and 85 Instagram accounts and engaging in foreign interference. I mean, great. That hey, doesn't seem like a lot. No, problems to solve, dude. That, I know. That's solid. Oh, yeah. You get 49 <laughs> of them out there. All right. Yeah, that was it. That's like 99% of them right there. There's only 50. We've lost more viewers than that during this episode. <laughs> Maybe they're all Russian bots. Yeah, as soon as they noticed that Chad wasn't here and I was on. Yeah. We got all the, all the females just I took off. I saw that guy yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Justin <laughs> demographics Mac- changed. Justin Mackey said London's market was up 9%. Sweet. Wow. Yeah. That's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, so, good news, bad news? Good news? Yeah. Uh, locally here, Hamilton County uh, schools are closed, which is good. Because yeah. we're making the necessary uh, adjustments to keep people safe. Kids don't and, get sick. Yeah, and kids don't get sick. And they may not present or they're not at, at high risk that we think of, right? Yeah. Now, we know of, but spreading the, the, the coronavirus, absolutely they could, right? And that's a, you know, hey, if you've got kids, when they're in school, you're sick. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it spreads pretty quickly. They're not going to wash their hands all the time after to going to the bathroom parents, or anything like that. Yeah. To people who aren't parents yet, you you will never understand how many colds you will get the second yeah. you have. I never had them. Then I had kids. They go into daycare and you get every strain yeah. of everything. It's a Petri dish. It is. Is what it is. It's also bad news because uh, Hamilton County schools are closed. Yeah. Right. And especially at a time when you've got more and more people working from home and trying to uh, uh, that don't normally do that in their job and they're not used to that type of thing. Myself being one of those, uh, it's hard to go there and and be productive just because it's a new environment. And then now you're going to have your kids at home, too, that uh, are going to be a distraction. And uh, two parents working at the exact same time, it's going to put a strain on things. Cabin fever, too. Kids are probably fine for a few days. Anybody's fine being home for a few days. Yeah. You get through, but once you get through The Witcher, whatever it is you're binge watching on Netflix, or your kids get through PJ Mask, or whatever it may be, they <laughs> yeah. they're going to want to go outside. Yeah, absolutely, they are. And well, we're, we're I mean we're lucky enough right now where we live here that the weather's turning nicer this time of year, so uh, that'll help. But yeah, northeast snow. Mm. Although now that Frozen Two is on digital, I've seen that about 250 times. You know my views on that. I know your views on it, but I'm saying that if you it, it holds up better on on VHS. On repeat viewing. Oh, oh, it does. <laughs> it does. It does. Because you know what? Some you of have the, a VHS, do you? Some of the songs on there. I think we should put this show out on VHS. Some of the songs on there, like Into the Unknown, I think they made a mistake. Show Yourself is a banger. Show Yourself should have been the lead song. I, well, I agree. That's a better song. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Fro- the original Frozen is my gig. Yeah. Mike, see, my boys like it because of the rock monsters. Oh, they were yeah. pretty cool, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Time for to hear from you. It's a segment we like to call Common Section Rodeo. All right, this is from the article Crisis or Hype? Industry insiders have differing views on coronavirus, and in this segment, we read it as the, as the visitors to FreightWaves.com wrote it. This one's from Dave. He said, so what this says is nobody knows. <laughs> and I guess he's kind of right, because it said, <laughs> is it hype or is it crisis? And I think that we... Having to do media every single day, we have to talk about these things constantly. You even do freight forecasting, so you have to look forward. All of this stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But in an unprecedented event, and I think that's our whole point, is in these black swan events, we can't really take what's happened in the past and lean and look to that because we're making new rules as we go along. We're absolutely making new rules. And part of that that I'm dealing with in in freight forecasting is – how long does this happen? What are what are inventories level doing? Is China back online? Is it not? We're coming into the spring where things should be jumping up. Are they going to? Is it pull forward? Yeah. Don't know. How much toilet paper will the Amer- average American need? Yeah, completely uh, a whole new world this year. It's a whole yeah. new world. Oh, that's not frozen. Oh, that's else. what else we got? What did Dale say? <laughs> oh, yeah. And Dale says, my guess is they oh, all Oh, he was have- talking about, so this is from so- the article, trucking stocks are doing as oh, miserably yeah, yeah, for- as the broader stock market. Yes, trucking stops are doing about as miserably as the broader stock market. So uh, Dale says, my guess is they all have another 50% to fall this year. And even more of those carrier carrying huge debt loads that they cannot refinance. It's going to be tougher to borrow money, and yeah, the economy gets bad. Yeah, Definitely will. absolutely. It's part of a bad absolutely economy. Absolutely will. Absolutely will. Show organizers, from the article, show organizers cancel mats amid coronavirus threat. Very controversial topic. There's a lot of people who said, you know, we're Americans. We're truckers. We still want to go. We still want to be there. We want to exhibit. It's a tough thing for anybody involved in the conference space right now, too, because travel's so tough. It's no, especially this week, everyone's trying to, to cancel flights. Nobody, my Disney World trip is officially canceled. For oh, those, I, is I it keep, really? keep referencing it online. Yes, yes we had a friend who's canceled. there. 
Wow, we were supposed to go at the end of March. Yeah, but at this point, it looks like they are—they already shut Disneyland. It looks like they're going to shut Disney yeah, World last too. Last week, I was talking to my friend. Uh, he was uh, planning on going to Italy. Not happening. Oh yeah, I don't know if I'd want to go there. Yeah, not a good move. Stephen wrote, "This had to be done. We had a mime show in Toronto two weeks ago. A mime show. Wow. But people had to. What was that like? <laughs> a lot of interesting mime, speakers. Very quiet in there at the mime show. Uh, okay, so people at the show gave it." To at least three people in Toronto. So three mimes got the coronavirus. And I'm not trying to make a joke here. That's what he wrote. It is already in the homeless shelters in New York City. People that live on the street in Toronto are showing signs of it today. Trucking companies in Canada have been told to not go into some parts of the U.S. Cuts to public health care in some parts of the U.S. and Ontario means we do not have enough resources to treat a major outbreak. I have camped out on Queens Park protesting his insurance company for not fixing his house in six and a half years and cuts to health insurance programs that help truck drivers... And the homeless by our government insurance companies. The OTA in Canada knows that many truck drivers do not have coverage. They get sick or they get injured in the U.S. All right, that was an interesting story. That is interesting. So he camped out in Queens Park? I don't know. That went all over the place. He was at a mime show. And then he was 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 protesting. I think it was a mine show. Um, like landmines? Chris Seeds. I don't know. Chris Chris Seeds, director of sales at British Logistics, says, Fears of more severe effects of COVID on an aging driver population. Yeah, yeah we've talked uh, about that, the health yeah, of truckers. Of um, and we'll probably be doing more articles on it. And I know Rachel Premack at Business Insider did as well. But when you're looking at, I think about 50% of drivers smoke. Uh, their obesity levels are higher than most people. The only good thing is that unless you're a team driver, you're only going to come in contact with people at docks. Your exposure to people is less than I, the person in the warehouse is surrounded by a hundred people. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And we were talking. I mean, uh, we conversations earlier about this. You know, at least you know the, the the truck driver does not. They're not in a position where they're forced into large group gatherings. And if that large group gatherings, if we're getting rid of those and banning those, which we yeah. are, NCAA is gone and NBA etc. are all suspended. And in certain like New York, two uh, what is it, two hundred fifty uh, people or more, you're oh, not yeah. allowed. You're banned in in certain places, which is smart. That doesn't affect a, a truck driver. No, it doesn't. It's, it, it's a it's a lonely single Terry type of job, and it, thank God for that right now. Right but to wit on that topic that they want us to cover on radio. What are the rest stops doing about sanitization yeah. of of restrooms? I mean, truckers take showers there. They wash their clothes there. They touch the gas handles. There's a lot of there's a lot of risk exposure doing the things we're told not to do that they are impacted by. I'm not sure how I can't speak for the rest stops. I hope they're doing something, but I would also carry some Clorox with me. I would carry some hand sanitizer with what, me and uh, um, disposable gloves. I guess, yeah, yeah right. Uh, I guess. Can they stay on the glove though? You throw it away. Oh yeah, like you're at Subway making the sandwiches. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 you know whatever you need to do is just keep the trucks moving. For God's sakes, we need them, right? Yeah. More than ever, I think people are realizing that. Actually, I mean, he asked that question a at a great time because our next one is from the article, Shippers to Drivers, What's Your Health and Travel History? So shippers are starting to ask truckers that. Yeah, they definitely are. And Hans Witt says, I've seen, um, <laughs> seen this same response during the mad cow scare. It's all CYA paperwork, Dooner. The end result of the 720,000 trucking regulations is... The driver and the carrier are held responsible for everything. This is knee-jerk reaction of lawyers to blame a carrier or driver for their lack of ability to deal with the Wuhan flu. I used to write, signed under duress, as far as the social distancing goes, well, we have all dealt with that before. Some shippers treat driver as third-class citizens every day. trying to read this as he wrote this, right? Yeah. However, however, I am worried about truck stop once this virus gets out there. Truck stops are ground hub of human transportation. Like, like an, an airport. airport. <laughs> no screening with an, with a, well, like an airport with no screening. If this gets in the homeless population, then what? Wow, a lot of concern for the homeless population. About it makes a lot of, of good disease. points inside here, actually. He does. I mean, we talk about most at risk. And when anything yeah. happens like this, the most at risk are people on the margin. When you're talking about homeless people, people who are just making it by in the gig economy. Not that yeah. everyone in the gig economy is, but a lot of people... Are and when you start cutting that lifeblood out, they're the first to really get hit by this. Uh, they, they, and yeah, uh, not even the homeless, but I mean, there there are those that don't have the wherewithal to uh, uh, to to 
as we call panic buy, but preparedness buy. Yeah. Right. I mean, sure. Like the people who have like a mental disability, things like that as well. Uh, or the economic means to preparedness buy. Yeah. They don't have it. Uh, this is from the article, Wisconsin carrier ceases operations over skyrocketing insurance maintenance costs. I think if the only good news this week was we didn't have that many carrier shutdowns. I think there was yeah. some terminals and stuff like this. But this was after 13 years in business, 101 Transport Inc. of Hudson, Wisconsin, has ceased operations citing skyrocketing insurance rates and maintenance costs. Part of their decision to close. We hear that all too often. Mm-hmm. John writes, I can't believe all these safety experts. You have no idea what log rule was violated. There's plenty of them that have nothing to do with driving or safety, but could add points to your imaginary score. You hire professional drivers because they have the qualifications on the application. I've driven for 20 years now. There are some disgusting drivers at every company. This guy gave my this poor guy gave 72 people a job. What have you safety experts ever done in your life that would amount to a hill of beans? He's passionate. He is. He's a a lot of comments on that, that, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And uh, who is this? Empty Trucker Mike says, is this from the same article? Yeah, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Minnesota, Trucker Mike. He actually has a counterpoint. Yeah, there you go. He does. Counterpoint. Point, counterpoint. What have you safety experts ever done in your life that would amount to a hill of beans? He was quoting. Yes, quotation marks. Besides being accident-free, violation-free for the last 20 years like yourself, I guess nothing. Wow. All right. Well, point taken. Point well taken. Shots fired back. Elvis Durant said... And they expect the government to step in on the abusive insurance rates issue? Yeah, okay. Good luck with that. (laughs) Nice. And Tom Riddle says, The transportation industry is not for the faint of heart. In my experience with the industry, if you are not willing to be on duty 724 or 24-7, you will not be. Yeah, 7, like 20, 7 24, so yeah. You work seven hours, <laughs> 24, 24 days, days a week. Right. Yeah, All 24 right. days a week, right. You will not, well, it, might, it may be metric. You will not be very successful. Been at it 43 years now, 724 for 43 years now. Whoa. And the industry hardly resembles the, the 70s, hard to change your ways as fast as the industry changes. But... You will have to get, you will have to, or get left behind. Just rambling thoughts of an old dinosaur. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, th- that's a good note to end that section on. You, you have to adapt, right? And right now we're being a f- forced to adapt quicker yes. than ever and not use past data to do it. It's a challenging time for everybody. I think businesses understand that. We're starting to see airlines allow flight cancellations. We're starting to see parks that close give people a voucher for the next time they want to go. So people are yeah. understanding that there's trouble where everyone's losing money too. Uh, everyone who organizes a conference and has to cancel it, they lose a ton of money. Sponsors yeah, lose a ton of money. People who book hotels do. lose money. We're all getting hit. So the one thing I would say though is the person, the customer service rep on the other end of the line or the person at the register, they don't buy the toilet paper at the grocery store, right? That's right. That's the right. person at Delta or wherever, it's not their fault that there's not a better way to cancel reservations. That's uh, up to corporate or at Southwest or whomever. Uh, that, absolutely. So be nice to people. Everybody just be a little bit nicer. We be talk about civil. We're all in this together. We're going through it. You know, don't buy 16 pallets of toilet paper. Leave some for the guy behind you. Yeah, exactly. Don't go scalping them <laughs> in, in the parking lot. Uh, yeah. Tammy, yeah. Tammy McCoy, she's a senior account manager at ABF Freight serving New York area. She said, with all of the extensive closures to this spring's trade shows across the U.S., what impact do you foresee the logistics industry in Q3, Q4, when most of these sales would have come to fruition. So she's talking about the deals that would have been made by networking at these conferences. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that there, there were, yeah. Uh, so there's certainly be an effect. But to, to the point we were talking about earlier with a, several, a couple of the guests, the, the uh, 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 digital age will help alleviate some of that, right? Yeah, I think and people so, still reach out. Because when I'm preparing to go to a show, uh, uh, there's a large percentage of the meetings I have that were pre-planned. Yeah, they should okay. be. Okay, and then so the, the the ones that happen off the cuff, the spurious moment, uh, spur the moment type of meetings and that type of stuff certainly will be affected. But you, you you have the digital means to to overcome a portion of that. But those the majority of those meetings and the big ones that actually do turn into some the high percentage type of transactions. Yeah, uh, they're pre planned meetings. The best salespeople are the ones who have gone on LinkedIn. They've strategized who they're going to meet with. Yeah. They might have even appointed and booked time with people. That's right. The world salespeople, the people who wash out, are the ones you send there, and they're like, well, I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah, I'll just get there and uh, rub elbows and figure out what's going on. Yeah, hang out Not the bar. a high percentage so, sale. And I've been in sales. I've been around those guys. I've been at conferences where I was that guy. 
I can sniff that person out in a minute. And oh, yeah. it's, yeah, it's bad. I think this creates one thing we always talk about on put that coffee down the, uh, the freight sales podcast for closers is things that create conversations. Coronavirus creates a conversation. So it gives you, if you're supposed to see them at that, that conference, you still have a reason to network. You still have a reason to reach out. Sorry, I couldn't see you there. I did want to talk to you about X. When can we mark out some time? Do you want to do it via Zoom? How do you want to connect? Yeah, ab- absolutely. The, uh, excellent advice. And, and the other side, though, is those companies that are that are there, that have a new product, et cetera, that are trying to get the market with it. Yeah. Hey. That's where that virtual space is going to open up. I'd like yeah. to see what cool things can be done this year there where people can demo, they can engage, they can join uh, these online streams, communities, and all that stuff. It's exciting yeah. to see what will happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank absolutely. you. Guys, thank you for joining us on this show. If you want to reach out to me, learn more. That's at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. How do they get to you, Michael? Oh, they get to me. <laughs> Freight forecasting, right? Live, 4 o'clock sure. Thursdays, Freightways TV. Hit me up at mvincent at freightwaves.com or on LinkedIn. Nice. Good stuff. So, guys, thank you for joining us today. Subscribe to Freightcast. Get all your Freightways podcasts all in one place. Or you can subscribe to What the Truck on its own. Whatever you like, we got it all for you there. It's uh, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, everywhere. Podcasts are heard around the world. Download the Freightways TV app. You can watch all this great content, especially if you're you're quarantined, you're stretched for things to do. You can actually, if you're missing conferences, you can watch our old conferences on that Freightways TV app. Yeah, absolutely. Also on our YouTube. I binge watch them during the weekends. Yeah, good stuff. So let's <laughs> let's get you guys out of here. Pull the closing theme out of the station. Thank you for joining us for episode number one of What the Truck version three. Oh, hey, a little cowbell for Chad Primos. We'll miss you, buddy. But best of luck finding your big self. Amen. Peace and love. Thank you for tuning into this show that we call What the Truck. A little cowbell to the video team for getting this location done in short order. We only talked about that this morning. Uh, we'll refine this a little bit. Hopefully the sound sounded good. We'll make sure people don't walk on set. All those kind of good things. And like always, I'll be right back here on Monday unless they, they shut down the world. I don't think that's going to happen. Take it easy. We'll see you Monday.